go ahead and talk for just a second. Check, check. Can you hear me? Can you hear me all right? Sounds good. Boo. Fuck off, Farrell. Boo. <laughs> no, it sounds Boob. all right. All right. Okay. Are we all good to go? Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Skydive Liberation. This is the Splash Bros. I'm Kyler. I'm Jacob Patty. We're here with our audio engineer, Drew Beach, and our video engineer, Mr. Farrell. Today we're going to go a little bit different route and we're going to talk about landings. Yeah, so we're going to talk about from pitching to landing. All right. Yeah. Start so, us off. Yeah, starting us off, I kind of want to just go really quickly into the whole idea of landing. So with skydiving, you know, you, the big part you think is like jumping out of the plane. Yeah. Um, you're out the door and you know, you're skydiving. That's what a lot of the skydive is, but honestly, the majority of the skydive is going to be under canopy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when you pitch, you, uh, arch reach, pull, pull your pilot chute and your canopy, your, uh, bridle extends, your pilot, um, chute catches air and it pulls the, uh, pin out of your, uh, BOC and, uh, pulls out your container and your bag there and it opens up and your canopy starts to open. The rubber bands pull and the lines extend, and well, the canopy just it. opens. I suppose this is all supposed to happen. happen. Very theoretical. <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, then uh, you're under canopy. Right. What's the first thing you do under canopy? Well, hold on. How about we go to what altitude we're at now, because it, it mm. varies on where you're starting. Beginners, you know, when you're when you're first doing it, or if, how about a tandem? Yeah, t- 65, right. 6, right there. Right, and then when you're actually starting AFF and you're getting into skydiving for yourself, you're usually pulling about 5. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, tandems pull around 65, yeah. 6, um, but then when you first start skydiving, do you remember what you pulled at? I what? was told to, to start the whole process, so wave at 55, and then you're usually pulling by 5. Okay, well, I worked with Eden, and Eden was going over with me... Um, 6,500, lock on. 6,000, wave off, arch reach pull. Okay, so you were pulling probably about 55. No, I was pulling at 6,000. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I was, wave off, arch reach pull. Okay. And I, I, I had a really bad habit of doing that way too fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was something I had to work off of, and now I'm getting back into the point where I can just wave off, arch reach pull pretty fluidly and right away. Gotcha, okay. Uh, when I want to. And then once you're... As you get into your coach jumps and whatnot, we're generally starting to pull a little bit lower. Um, well, you know, now that I'm B licensed, I can technically pull at 2,500. Right. Uh, do I want to do that? Yes, but I don't w- always want to do that. A lot of that, I think, depends on the canopy that you're flying. Like for me in the Sabre And two, how you packed it. If you <laughs> you did a trash bag, you don't really <laughs> want to pull at 25. No, no, You no. don't know how that's going to turn out. So I'm usually, with the Sabre too. I usually like to pull around four because it snivels quite a bit. And by the time it opens, I'm usually sitting about 3,200, 3,000. Just kind of depends on how it was packed in the day. Yeah, I'm, I'm big on pulling around 35. 35 yeah. is a good height for me because I right. still get enough time under canopy. But I like landing first. Mm. I like not having as many people in my way. Yeah. Um, and that that's something we're going to talk about. The three Dep- of us came in. We, yesterday like right at the same time well you guys pulled before me i pulled a little higher um, well ricky didn't necessarily pull before you he just had major line twist mm, yeah it went, went down so you guys were going down you guys were already in your pattern but i was sinking faster than you and i was still higher up yeah so while you guys were going long to finish that i don't know if you were doing that intentionally like going I, was, longer. I started it high okay. i started it um more like at 1200 yeah so that i could come in and yeah. cut in front of you guys because yeah. i landed like 200 feet before 
for you. Yeah, so I went out longer and stretched it a bit. Yeah, so that's that's something when you start skydiving. What's a pattern? What's yeah, your so landing pattern? So, and a lot of that depends on the wind of that day. For us at Chattanooga Skydiving Company, we either have left or right hand turn patterns, and that de- yeah, right hand north, left hand south. Right, exactly. So say, well, yesterday we started off at um, we were doing right hand patterns, so <laughs> yeah. north landings. And uh, what was the first jump we did that day? It was a hybrid, right? Yeah, we did the hybrid. Yeah, we it was the hybrid. With, uh, Rick, you, and uh, me. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was good. That was a good, good jump, and we even got it. Was that your it. first hybrid? No, it was my pre-second. Okay, fuck okay. you, Jackass. Well, you know, I need my Red Bulls. I'm thirsty. Ricky still owes me beer. Oh yeah, I caught him the other day too. Oh, he owes double beer. A double, fuck. double beer. Um, but you know, we did that, that, that jump went pretty successful. We, uh, held it for about a thousand, fifteen hundred feet, um, into the hybrid stand. And then I let off and kind of lost you guys. You guys were still holding on to each other and I was flying around. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got your booties. So you're fucking driving him all over the sky, <laughs> <laughs> taking him where you want to yeah, go. We were spinning a good bit. Oh yeah. And uh, then and then we broke off. I think it was about six. We broke off, and then I tracked away. And I think I I got real low just because of my weight and everything. Yeah, I so where I was was really difficult. So I was kind of when I opened and I was under canopy. I was in a position to get ready for a left hand south pattern. Okay. Because I was so far away from the holding area of the right yeah. hand north. So when you think about it. You have a holding area. That's your playground. Eden would describe it as, this is your playground. This is where you play until you get ready to... And for us at the DZ, depending on the landing landing we're doing, is either above these two pools yeah. or above the hangar itself. So, yeah, you're... And, you know, it's a pretty good distance. It's probably, like, a 1,000 feet. Um, between the two of them? Yeah, yeah, between the two of them. It's about a 1,000 feet. Yeah. Um, and I was about um, a 1,000 feet or like 1,500 feet from the hangar spot and about like 2,000, 3,000 feet from the like actual right-hand north landing pattern that we were going to be doing. Yeah, I was way out south, Okay, um, which was problematic because I was like, oh, shit, I'm not going to make it back. So what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to get to your holding area, your playground. Once you're ready to start finish playing, you're right at your altitude where you're going to start doing your landing pattern. There's three um, parts of the landing pattern. There's your initial, there's your base, and then there's your final. And you want you to start your initial... Around a thousand feet. Yep. Really depends the canopy you're flying. If you're flying a really fast, um, a smaller canopy, highly weighted, you might want to start your landing pattern around like twelve hundred, uh, thirteen hundred. You know. But if you're on a really floaty canopy, maybe you want to start your pattern around like eight hundred, nine hundred. Yeah. When I first started, I was usually starting at about nine hundred. Yeah. When you first start AFF, you know, you have these static like initial base final where you're going to do like completely straight to you know, your initial, your base is going to be a complete left or right turn, and then your final is just straight in. Yeah. But as you kind of progress in the sport... It definitely gets a little bit more fluid. Yeah, you can kind of make a like a question mark, and it's it's sort of like you have to it, kind of ebb and flow because there's other people around you, and well, you, and you, you don't get, even know your instance. You get better at reading you know, the wind patterns, the, your altitude itself, because you may start it early, you may start it late, and then you just kind of got to work it out. If you're starting early, you may need to do a couple S turns first just to lose a little bit of altitude before you, you know, move on to the second part of it and set it yeah, up for your final. Yeah, so, like, for instance, my uh, my landing there, um, it was, 
So basically, I the holding area was where you would actually kind of start your base. Mm-hmm. The holding area for uh, above the hangar was where you would start your um, base. And since I couldn't make it to the other holding area, I had to do my initial all the way making it to that base. Yeah. And then I just swung into my base and then finished it off in my final. Yeah. And that is something you can do, but that's not great. You know, you're already cutting in with other people. You have to be really aware of who's around you. Because if you just do that shit, you might slam into someone. I would definitely recommend, like, when you're when you're really first starting out, to really practice your landing patterns because you want to get good at it. And then, like, when we were doing the canopy course and I landed off, you need to be prepared you to know, land anywhere, yeah. yeah. To land anywhere, so you want to be able to have a good set pattern and know exactly where you're going to land and understand the difference in altitude that you're dropping, and when to turn, and how to do it to to land wherever you really want to, because it's going to happen eventually. Uh, Tasha said this a good way: um, if you to to know you're prepared on a canopy, you should be able to land it in someone's backyard without fear. Um, and that that's a good that's a good, good way, way to put it. Yeah, yeah, because like there's all these canopies. Like, yeah, you can probably jump that, and you could probably be fine. But could you land it in someone's backyard? Fuck right. no. Yeah, like there are a couple canopies. Yeah, I would I could do that. But mm. there are a couple canopies where I like fuck no, I could not do that. That <laughs> yeah. that would be bad. You might be close to the backyard, but you might not be in the backyard. Yeah, you might be in the fence. <laughs> the <laughs> fence, know? the tree, the dog, <laughs> the pool, you know, or the window when you start doing that kind of shit um there is like a little bit of risk involved and the more you start doing it like the less luck like when you first start off you have this sort of luck um well you're on radio so they're kind of telling you you know all right you need to turn now yeah but not even that you know you have like so little experience that you don't realize like all the things wrong that could happen and when you start doing it more often and regularly you start Mm. to see all the shit that could just go wrong so fucking fast well especially now that we've been diving more into it and we see why people get injured and and every time it's it's all over 90 percent of the time it always has to do with the landing well there you go um Give us, give us one of your land. Like I, okay, I kind of have a story about I'll a go bad landing I had. Straight to the very, very first AFF jump that I did. All right, all right, let's hear it. And, um, I guess it doesn't have to so much do with the pattern. It was just me coming in, and it kind of relates to, to what you did the other day. But I was set up real good and everything. I came in for my final, and I just, I remember on the radio, Jake's saying flare, flare, flare. Totally fucking went straight over my head. Didn't even register to the very last second. We're at like five foot, and then I flared. Thank God it was wet as fuck out that day, because I just splashed down. And that's where the nickname came from. Yeah, but, Splash Bro. Yeah, that, it, that, that's our actually our logo. If you if you see that right there on the Scott Appleberation, yeah, that that's, that's his ass making grass. <laughs> that know. was that was the jump. That was it. And I hit the ground hard, and it bounced me. It bounced me right off, but it was wet, so that that really helped me probably from getting a compression fracture or something like that. But, you know, shit can happen. That's just one of the things you can do wrong, because then... Yeah, so um, my story, I was... So I started my initial at the right speed. um, I started my base, and then I came in on final. I'm like, okay, I'm a little high. I'm not going to hit my mark. So my goal was to hit my mark. Um, I have a cone out on the um, landing area, and that's where I'm trying to hit, trying to get that consistent. Um, so I was a little high. Um, what what can you do if you're a little high on your landing pattern? 
Um, you could do a little bit of S-curves, you know, just kind of drop a little, a little bit of altitude. Chain, yep. Yeah, um, kind of going back and forth. And now you have to be careful with that because you have to make sure there's no other people right around you. Right, you Because you're doing be turns like that, like, and just really quick turns. And you start to gain speed with that a little bit. Um, uh, what you can could you also, do? you could, you know, pull on your toggles, your brakes, and then pull on your front rise just a little bit, but you want to totally well, induce a You don't want to do that. You, that. That's like inducing a swoop. That's, I don't mean you like do that when just a little bit, though. You know what I mean? Because you can just pull it a little bit. It depends how high. If you're up, like up you, at 500 feet and you just want to touch your fronts just for a yeah, second that's, that's to get what down I'm to like I'm 300 feet. I'm not saying feet. go to straight to a damn swoop. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> um, but, you know, another thing you could do is... Um, do a bit more of a harder turn into your final. Yeah. Um, do a quicker turn. It, it will get you a little bit more speed, and you'll come in a little faster, and you'll come in a bit more pitched, so you'll hit your spot. Um, another thing is stall surging. People do that. Um, that's, again, that's a maneuver you shouldn't do um, if you're a beginner. Um, well, and that's kind of what I was getting into a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like... What what can you do if you're coming in a little uh, low? You don't think you're gonna make it? Just to, hold your brakes. Yeah, get in brakes a little bit. Find that sweet spot. Right. Um, um, actually, that'll make you sink if you hold your brakes. So you'll land even shorter. What? You're gonna land. Even don't, if don't you're you in like, like quarter brakes. Uh, yep. Don't yep. you like come in? But like you'll lose that forward speed, and you'll just start to sink down. Does that not depend on the wind that you're facing though? Yeah, I mean, it always depends on some kind of winds, but that's basically... Like, I could understand like, if you I know a lot for of... when I was getting my, like, for your A license or B license, you have to come in with, like, half brakes. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember Wizard saying to me, you're going to land a lot farther out than you would when you're not doing that. Um, so, I don't know. That's kind of what I experienced, but I guess it mm -hmm. is yeah, a that, little that different. That makes sense. Yeah, because you sink more. So okay. It, it makes you land short. Well, I landed farther out than oh. I would have. That's what, yeah, that's what I'm no, saying. So, hmm. it might have just been the wind conditions that day or something. Um, Maybe, but you have a tendency to go down more because you're you're losing that forward speed. Okay. Like yesterday, I was gonna land long, so I came in and held like half brakes. So I'm kind of stalling, and instead of going forward, I'm just more sinking. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, I um I was sashaying. I was kind of coming in. I, I thought I was going to come in a little bit long, so I was like, okay, I can see that little spot. And um, what you're looking for is a spot on the ground. You kind of have to stare for it that's not moving. There's going to be parts that are kind of going above you and parts that are kind of going below you. And, but there's going to be one spot that kind of stays in your vision that doesn't really move, and that's what you're going to hit. So what I was trying to do with sashaying is I was trying to change that spot. And while I was sashaying, it starts changing it and starts moving to where I want it to be. Um, little did I realize I was at five feet um, coming in pretty pitched. Uh, so um, I didn't get the stage. I just flared it out because I was coming in fast too. Stab uh, and save. Yep. <laughs> and what I did was I slid in on my feet. I slid in on my legs, and I slid in and hit hard on my ass, really hard. It, shat it like shook my teeth, and it was uh, f quite frightening. Um, and then I uh, finished it out by rolling it out onto my back and uh, rolling my legs up above me so I could just fully equalize the, the force I was hitting. 
Um, so it ended up kind of finishing off around my back and my like upper back shoulder blade and my ribs. Um, so I, I didn't really take the full impact on my hips. Had I just done that? Cause I, I hit a dry spot and I came in fast and I was on a 150. Um, yeah, I could have just like shattered my hips or something. You hit hard. I did. I did. And it didn't really start hurting bad until recently. Um, I definitely have some bone bruising. Um, Cause a lot of that, like when you get in a car accident, um, it, it takes a few days for your body to kind of tense up again. Cause you're so like floppy and your body just kind of flops around, but you tense up and you just, your muscles start contracting again and mm. you start moving around. You're like, Oh, this is different. My body's not the same. And even afterwards, like my organs hurt, like my liver was hurting. Like I had just been like drinking the entire night. Like my liver kind of hurt. Um, and along with that, my kidneys hurt, <laughs> uh, and that was just, my body got so jarred, yeah. um, that I was like completely shaken. It'll definitely humble you real quick. Yeah. And I needed that humbling. Um, what are some, what are some other ways that landings can potentially go bad? I know we've kind of talked about this before, but low turns are a, a good, yeah. a good, um, good way for landings to go bad really quick. That is how most deaths and injuries happen is low turns. Yeah. Um, trying to swoop or. Or just, like, just, just making a low turn, you know? You see it often with AFF. You you see people, like, fucking up their landing pattern because they, they're just so, like, in their heads and freaking out mm-hmm. and that they're, like, 10 feet above the ground and they're like, oh, now I should start my final. Or, like, oh, you know, people are screaming at them and they're just not thinking and they just like, oh, uh, I don't want to hit this water. I'm going to turn. And they just fucking smash into the ground. Yeah. Like, we had that the other day where somebody, you know, broke their leg and it was just, mm-hmm. it was a sad it sucks. It sucks. It's really Especially hard. Especially if it's your first jump. But then there's the whole like saying, like, if at first you don't succeed, skydiving's probably not for you. Well, you never know. You know, that's th- those are the kind of sayings, you know, that might want to push you. You know, if yeah, you hear no, that it... shit, that, that, that kind of makes me want to go, fuck you, I'm going to do it. No, <laughs> that, fuck you, I'm going to keep going. That's a great way to go about it and definitely have that motivation, you know, to keep pursuing it. Well, you're always going to have pushback. You're going to have pushback oh, yeah. with everything you do, but uh, especially with skydiving, you're going to have people who are trying to care for you and take care of you and we're worrying about you and they're kind of going to tell you, hey, take a fucking chill pill. Mm-hmm. Take it easy. Right. You don't have to. You don't have to go so hard. Yeah. You know? Um, because if you go hard, you're going to die hard. <laughs> you're just gonna get hurt and um i definitely i'm i got a little humbled um even just the other day i was flying a a 170 um nitron 2 uh, from precision it's a really interesting canopy because i've flown the other nitron we have and that that one's pretty all right it's whatever but this nitron 2 170 is fucking insane it's it's way more what makes it different it's really pitched it's really ground hungry um the lines are shorter, I believe. It has, like, swoop risers. The lines are uh, really thin. Does it have, like, the loopy loops or something? Yeah. Um, With the Louis loops? No, it doesn't have Louis loops, but the risers themselves are folded in half. Mm-hmm. So it, it basically just cuts through wind. Gotcha. Um, but you can just fucking whip that canopy, and it, it just fucking turns. You know, when you do a hard turn, you're already just, verti- like, horizontal. Yeah. Just 90, you're looking straight forward right at the <laughs> canopy, and you're like, holy shit, this is amazing. <laughs> but I couldn't get a stand-up landing on it. Okay. I tried my fucking darndest, and I just couldn't. Um, my first one, I was coming in. Justin was in front of me. Your I was what? Like, <laughs> 
Um, Justin was in front of me. I already bought you beer, bitch. (laughs) Justin was in front of me. I thought I was going to fucking smack into him because he was, I was coming in fast because it was already kind of like downwinder. Um, and I was like, shit, what am I going to do? And I like looked to the right and target fixation. I went to the right and I leaned in Mm. and just fucking landed it and slid it out like a baseball. Uh, like I was like a baseball sliding into home base. Um, that one, safe? That, I was safe. I uh, I did not get hurt on that one. Um, and then my second landing on that one, I it was a full downwinder, oh, and on that yeah, canopy, yeah. so I landed. Oh, I seen that one. I watched that from behind you. Yeah, I landed, and then I'm like holding it in, and apparently, you know, now I look back on, it, I'm supposed to hold the sweet spot longer, but I'm so used to just like how my other canopies have flown and how you're. And I haven't really done a lot of downwinders. Um, I wasn't intentionally trying to do a downwinder. It was too late before I realized I was doing a downwinder. Um, but uh, basically, I came in. I started, like, my feet touched the ground. I skid a little bit. And I, I was like, okay, by now I should stop skidding. And I'm not, I wasn't. You know, by then I touched the ground. I was 10 feet away, still <laughs> skidding. And I was like, holy shit, I'm just going to flare. And I flared. And then I fucking just kept going. And I PLF'd. And I had to roll out of it and I did just like a jujitsu roll out of it and flipped over on my back uh, that one hurt that one that one definitely fucking hurt um just because it was all so fast I think that's a good transition to go into is downwinders mm, yeah so what is a downwinder well it's when you're going with the wind when you land instead of against it normally we would land into the wind um, just to help to get that that resistance and that drag. Yeah, it gives you a good landing, but sometimes you know you do a downwinder, or you're trying to practice to handle downwinders. But sometimes you just you go up the plane. The plane takes off one way. Usually, kind of land that direction. But um, the plane took off that way. It's fine. We're gonna do a right hand north, and wind then shifted. wind shifted right away. Um, right when I started like my initial, I was like, holy shit, fuck this. I should have. Should have been at the other... I should have done what I did the last jump, so I could have done a left-hand south, but... um, Yeah, so you kind of just do your whole pattern, but it just feels a little different. It's a lot quicker. Yeah, so in in your initial... Well, you generally lose a little bit of altitude on your initial. Yeah, so your initial, you're usually going with the wind. You're riding with the wind. Right. Um, but if you're doing a downwind landing... You're going against the wind. Right. Um, so you need to take that into account. So your initial might be a little shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, you might not want... You might lose a lot of altitude on your initial, and then your base might be just kind of normal as usual, and then your final, you're going to gain a lot of speed, and you're just going to kind of ride it out. Much quicker. <laughs> Much quicker. Yeah, so um, uh, you guys were talking about uh, landings and whatnot, and uh, I just wanted to touch on getting into a stack yeah. and and how how different that can be every time. Um, Working but, around air traffic. Yeah, yep. Different traffic, different canopies in the sky. So, uh, you know, if you know that someone's on a smaller parachute than you and you're getting close to entering your landing pattern um you don't want to spiral down you want to probably hold brakes let them pass and then that way they're well on their way below you you're lined up right behind them and then somebody can get in behind you so there's there's quite a bit that goes on with landing pattern and when it comes time to get into it with traffic 
and uh, just just kind of how to how to look out for stuff like that. But I, I see I, I see people occasionally that they, they'll just keep spiraling, and um, it happened to me the other day, and uh, I can't you know we were on the same level, and I we wouldn't have been on the same level had the other person just held brakes. And instead, we came in at the same time, and it's like, okay, well, you know, we 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 could have been a little bit more spread out. It made me a little bit uncomfortable, but yeah, you know, that's yeah, that's fine. Those but. kind of things do make you a little uncomfortable. Um, so that jump, at you, least that low, you know, if yeah. you're up high, it's not. If you're doing a high right. pull, not a big deal at all. But like when you get down for your your landing pattern, you get that much air traffic. Well, when you're, you're doing close. a high pull alone, you can do whatever you want. You know, you're just yeah, you don't yeah, have yeah. to really worry about other people. Um, what do you do if it's Rick and he's under? parachute and he's <laughs> fucking with us well you guys a good example is i was on that 170 nitron too that has like a bit more of a pitch and it uh, it was a bit more ground hungry than the canopies you were on yeah um i was higher up than you but when we started our pattern i was still higher up than you mm-hmm. and then and you still ended on up. our initial i started getting lower than you and yeah. i cut in yeah. you guys went out farther i cut in and then cut in and landed mm-hmm. um because yeah I'm, and you and i landed like in the same spot basically because i ended up right next to you yeah. At the end. Um, and I'm, I'm glad I cut in when I did. And those are the quick... You have to make those decisions really quickly. And it's it's not like something you're just guessing on. You have to just like... You you have to know like, okay, these guys are still going straight. Mm-hmm. I saw Rick kind of starting to get into his base. I'm like, fuck, I need to go now. Um, because if I, go, if I don't go now, we're going to collide. Yeah, because I went out furthest. Rick was behind me and then you were behind Rick. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, that those kind of things can just get a little spicy. And on that note, what do you do if you're going straight towards someone and you're both look going straight directly at towards each other? What do you do? Well, if you're actually looking at each other, you pull right. Yeah, you both riser. pull right. Everybody goes right. Yeah. If they're not looking, sometimes you got to make adjustments. <coughs> <laughs> so uh, what happened? What happened? So I heard that cough. <laughs> We, you know, we did our jump and then we opened and everything and I had a sniveler and ended up, it opened just fine after that, but mine always snivels for a little bit. Opened, I get my toggles down, I make a left hand turn and I'm coming in and then I see Rick and he's coming straight at me. I mean, just straight at me, but he's fucking up here because he's got line <laughs> twists or something like that. Not even, not even looking. I was like, oh shit. And I was more off to the left side. You know, we're coming at each other, but we're kind of angled. So I just fucking hooked it left. With your toggle? Yeah. Yeah. I should have done a rear riser turn. Well, that or a brake turn. Um, uh, the best the best way to avoid someone quick is a brake turn. Um, and that's where you go into full brakes, and then you let off with one of the toggles, and then you go into a dive. Um, that's I'll know the, that for next time. That's, yeah. the, that's the best way. So, again, going into those brakes, that fl- slows your forward speed. Down, yeah. Uh, okay. And then you could just 180 it yeah. out the way you were coming i just did a, a hard 90 yeah that just, works too it worked you, you yeah. didn't die you know you're out of the yeah. way and you're good um but like those are just the kind of things you know you just gotta we, we catch up on and we always talk on that yeah. way we always know you just have for to be next prepared. time yeah you know um there there's some sketchy times like i remember when i was around jump 20 one or like 22 or something and this guy came to the dz and he was like fucking insane and we were at like 2000 he was fucking trying to fly with me trying to fly around me and i'm like get the fuck away from me dude i am not experienced enough to handle this like i'm not comfortable i'm kicking my legs that's another thing 
Um, if you, uh, to let somebody know that you see them and kick they see legs. you, kick your legs. It's just a good way of communicating. Mm-hmm. Um, now, kicking your legs means a different thing on a high pole. You know, it means to go into a dive. Mm-hmm. Lose um, altitude. Yeah, lose altitude. But, you know, when you're with someone and you're like, I'm kicking, motherfucker. Look at me. Yeah. Stop getting close to me. I don't want to get close to you. I'm trying to be clear by that, by kicking and avoiding yeah. you. Yeah, there is a way to communicate when you're up in the air, and we'll probably we should we should cover an episode on that a little bit later on. But always be communicating with people around you when you're under a canopy. Absolutely, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, and that and that communication, it's it's ideally for okay, I'm gonna kick my legs. If they don't kick theirs, then they don't see me. So I need to take extra precaution, right, to do whatever I need to do to not get in their way yeah. or. You know, so. yeah, and like some people just don't know the kicking thing. So like I, mm-hmm. I think he's he was he, he saw me. He, he, I mean, we were like really close to each other. We were like 30, 40 feet. Yeah. Um, and I was kicking. And I'm like, and he's just looking at me, staring directly at me. And I'm like kicking. I'm like, dude, I'm trying to get away from you. So people just don't know. Yeah. So that's why it's good to talk about it mm-hmm. on the ground. That way, when you get up, you know, you're prepared. What else were yeah. you saying, though, Farrell? Well, um. And this doesn't apply to every drop zone, but at our drop zone at Chattanooga Skydiving Company, we have we don't have the biggest drop zone uh, no. landing area there. No, it's, it's so actually pretty small. It's it's a little tight. So you know when you're coming in with traffic, um, the, you, usually if you're going to be coming in on level with someone as you're doing your landing pattern, you're going to want to pick a lane. So and what I mean by that is if if I'm closest to the landing area, but I've got a guy um that's that's further out and but we're all we're both on the same level as we make our turns he's gonna stick to the outside lane hopefully mm-hmm. and i'll stick to the inside lane and we just kind of we we come in and and we you know we just pick our lanes and then that way we don't cross paths with each other right yeah um that's yeah. something i had to do so that's that what we day, did yesterday well yeah but um that went the day i had my bad landing mm-hmm. um we were practicing, um, and there was this uh, guy at the drop zone who hadn't jumped that much at our drop zone, um, but he's really cool. Um, but, you know, I was practicing to hit that cone. Anyways, he was getting ready to, like, turn in on his final, and I could have cut him off, and I could have probably made it to the cone, but I was like, nope, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pick a different lane, because he already has his lane. I'm not even going to fuck around with the idea of running into him, so I'm going to pick my own lane and go into it, and I did, and I kind of landed in the same, like, area as my cone like yeah uh, but just in a different area on the runway uh or the landing area no i think that's a really good point talk about the lanes because that can really help when you're especially when you got a lot of traffic coming in um every now and again you know for us we're generally having 10 to 14 canopies out at any given time yeah and we're all different up uh, well, and that's just right now. So in the summer, you know, you can even have you can have more canopies out. There might be oh, 20. other drop zones. You know, they. I mean, look the uh, hundred way uh, big way head down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's they a were lot just, of they canopies. were doing those jumps all day. They had like yeah. three planes going up to do that. Four yeah. planes going up, and you looked in the sky and it was filled with canopies. Yeah, that that's is, spooky. That is yeah. Because um, like the moment you get away from someone else, there's someone there. Yeah, uh, like. Uh, and you can look at these videos. Um, our, one of my buddies, Sebastian, he he was there and he was able to record a lot of that footage. Uh, and it's just fucking insane. It just looks like filled, like when you see like 
crows or just birds filling the sky. It just mm-hmm. looked like that, but with yeah. canopies and everyone's flying around. People That's are doing three sixties. People are flying with each other. People are docking with each other, walking on each other's canopies, <laughs> wrapping their legs around each other's uh, front uh, lines. Like That's wild. Yeah, no, it's it is it's spooky, but you know those are the kind of things you need to learn how to do, and you need to learn yeah. how to handle it, and that's just getting good under canopy and being precise. Um, do you yeah. have a point to make, Vero? Be, being heads up, uh, head on a swivel, always. Yeah, definitely, always be looking around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about a little bit today was um, something I I was told um, was talked to actually yesterday by Wizard. Um, so we looked up the USPA Canopy Risk Assessment, mm-hmm. uh, Canopy Landing Risk Assessment, and I was on a bit of a higher score there, uh, a lot higher of a score than I preferred to be. Um, I was at... You were almost at scary. I was almost at scary. <laughs> I was, what, are, what are the levels? Let's go through this a little right, bit. So, so you got like um, a score of 1 to, I think, 75 or something like that, yeah. but... Um, you know, 75 being like, you're going to kill yourself. Um, just just then, don't even fucking jump with anyone and, ever. And above 51 is scary. Mm-hmm. And then uh, from 51 to 36 is high risk. And, okay. and then so on. And, and so then on. like there's average risk and then like mm-hmm. low risk. Yeah. Um, you kind of want to be on the high end of average risk um, from what Wizard told me. that That's where you're going to be. Like, if you want to push it, like, you're pushing it still, but you're still, like, within an average risk, so you're not in the high-risk category. Okay. Um, when you're in that high-risk category, there's so many different parts of that. What are you in? I'm in the high-risk category. I was uh, 47. Okay. Um, almost scary. <laughs> almost scary. But then we actually, like, went in, and uh, he answered the questions for me, but then I went in and answered the questions correctly and how accurate, and I was actually at a 43. Okay. Um, which so, is still high risk. <laughs> that's that's just not a place you really want to be at. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of things that go into that. That's A lot of that is going to be your numbers yeah. on that canopy, that specific canopy. Okay. How many jumps do you have at that canopy? How many jumps do you have at that landing area at your mm. drop zone? How many jumps do you have in the last month? How many jumps do you have in the last year? How many l- jumps do you have in the last year at your landing area? Uh, at that drop zone, mm-hmm. how long have you been flying that canopy? Um, what's your weight loading on that canopy? Uh, yeah. What maneuvers have you practiced on that canopy? And your goal is to like have as many jumps as you can on that one canopy. Yeah, because you know, right now if I go, even even I was measuring those out, so I still had a forty three on a point a less than point nine wing loading. Mm-hmm. Um, and that and you want to be about one to one. Yeah, you want to be at one-to-one, but at the same time, you don't want to be in a high-risk category. Right. So, you know, a lot of things you consider doing, you can consider doing is uh, upsizing. It's a good way. Um, yeah. Uh, another way is just pick that canopy, uh, do a bunch of high pulls. Mm-hmm. Get real get your, familiar with it. Get really familiar with it. Get your numbers up. Um, also doing um, hop and pops. Yep. Hop and pops are a good way to do that because you're not really going to be jumping with other people. A lot of the problem with high-risk you're not just putting yourself at risk. You're putting, you're putting everyone else at risk. Yeah. Um, and that that was something that struck home with me. Like, a lot of the time when I was getting on that 150 or whatever, people would be like, oh, that's too small for you. You're going to die. I'd like, I, okay, whatever. I can I can handle it. I think I can handle it. Yeah. Then when I came at the approach, 
you're putting other people's lives at risk. That's the difference. That's the fuck, no, I'm not fucking with that. No, um, I'm not going to risk other people's lives. I can be a little reckless because I think I can handle it, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to put endanger somebody else's life just because I enjoy having fun. Mm. Um, and that's a good way to go about it. That's being safe and being smart about it. Yeah, you know, and, uh, you but, really, and I feel like in this sport, you just have to be really heads up about everything. You do, and you have to, you you know, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to have people pulling you aside saying, what the fuck did you do? What the fuck were you thinking there? Yeah. What did we learn, buddy? Like, on my hard landing, what did we learn today, right. Jacob? Yeah. Um, you know, those are the, just the kind of things you're going to get, um, and that's really good. That means those people care about you. That means those people want to see you become better. They, they want to see you grow. And it keeps you humble, too. It keeps you from getting too overexcited and whatnot and trying even more. Well, that's my problem. I, I love getting excited, it. and it's, it's, it's yeah. Yeah. everything sometimes about this is excitable. Too far forward, and you need to take a step back and be like, okay, I need to calm down for a minute. Yeah, and you have those people, those are your warning signs before yeah. you break your leg, you know, right. or you get injured, or. But yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I think I think that's probably a good point to um, to move into our closing. I believe you have a shout out to make. Yeah, so um, I really wanted to shout out this one guy in particular. Um, he started out at the Chattanooga Skydiving Company. Um, he's currently going to the tunnel. He's been jumping. He has a great Instagram. If you want to check him out, his name's Callaway Be- uh, Bennett. Um, his Instagram handle is El Presidente ninety seven. It's E L underscore P R E S I D E N T E nine seven. Uh, Callaway's awesome. He's a great jumper. He actually did static line in the military. So yeah, he's such to, a badass. We're gonna have to bring him on for an episode where we can talk about the whole difference between static line and, and AFF because there there's Absolutely. huge differences. But it, it's a good point to make. Yeah, I mean he has some wicked stories. Oh, I bet. Yeah, check out his Instagram if you get the chance. Jump with him. He's an awesome guy. He yeah. has some videos of him going in the tunnel, learning back flying. So he's he really loves this sport and is really pushing it. Heck yeah. Well, guys, we're the Splash Bros. We're here at Sticks and Tones Studios here in Red Bank. Um, uh, and with that, Sticks and Tones Studios, you know, uh, we also have a link tree if you want to check us out. We have an Instagram, a Facebook, a Twitter. Um, that's all going to be in this description with, below. And along with that, we do have a Patreon. So if you'd love to support us and you like listening to what we have, go check us out on Patreon. Um, and support us if you can. Yeah, guys, come jump with us in Chattanooga Skydiving Company sometime. Yeah, yeah we'll you, see you there. We'd love yeah, to see you. You can book online at ChattanoogaSkydivingCompany.com. Heck yeah. We're the Splash Bros. I'm Kyler. I'm Jacob Patty. We're here with Drew Beach and Farrell, our audio and or our audio and video engineer. Yeah. We'll see you guys next time. Love you guys.